You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Referral Mortgages and Blue Panda Realty, with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate in our nation's capital. Good morning, Ottawa World. It's Friday. It's going to be released Tuesday. It's the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. (laughs) Greg, David, how's it going? (laughs) Amazing. It's currently Friday. It's currently Friday. Um, yeah, wild week. It's been a wild week in real estate. We have a lot to uh, a lot to talk about. I'm just going to make sure that we got uh, everything popping on our platforms here. Make sure we've all shared it on uh, on Facebook. Make sure the people know. Um, I actually wanted to, uh, to kick this off with a, uh, a story, if you guys are interested. Um, I know uh, there's been a lot of change happening, obviously over the last few months, uh, a few uh, over the last year for sure. But uh, in real estate, we see a lot of different perspectives. And uh, I heard a short parable yesterday that I felt was very relevant to uh, some things that we've encountered as a as a group recently. Uh, it's basically uh, the parable of the blind man and the elephant. Have you guys heard this before? No. Not at all. No. <laughs> Dave's like no. Um, so long story short, uh, it's basically the story of uh, a group of four blind men that roll up on an elephant that they've never, they've never encountered an elephant before. Uh, and the story is basically that each blind man feels a different part of the elephant's body, but only one part. So, you know, the tusk, uh, the trunk, et cetera. And then they have to describe the elephant based on their limited experience. Um, and the description of the elephant are obviously different from each other. So in some versions of this parable, uh, they come to suspect that the other person is dishonest because they have a different perspective. Uh, but the long story short, the, the parable, the moral of the parable is that, um, you know, people, humans have a tendency to claim absolute truth based on their limited subjective experience. Uh, and they ignore everyone else's limited subjective experiences, uh, which mm. are equally true. So, uh, I just found it, you know, very relevant to, uh, everything going on right now. And, uh, just for people to be kind, you know, everyone's got a different, uh, different set of experiences, um, different perspective. And it's important to keep that in mind in all aspects of life. And that's the show. I love that. Thanks for coming that's out. It. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We'll there see you, you next week. <laughs> so Paul, you have it. So Paul's, Paul's parables, <laughs> Paul's parables. Yeah. Uh, so the stress test. Yeah. Stress let's, test. Let's, Let's get lots into of, it. Yeah, lots of headlines, lots of talk. Uh, I've been getting a lot of emails and a lot of uh, people reaching out just asking about what's going on with the stress test. How's this going to affect the market? Uh, Dave, you want to give uh, all of our listeners maybe just a Cole's notes as to exactly what a stress test is? Because people probably, you know, if they haven't bought or sold recently, they probably don't even know what that term means. So maybe just summarize, you know, what is a stress test and, and what changes are, are afoot? Yeah, for sure. So back in 2018, uh, the uh, federal government and through the finance minister made a change in how mortgages are uh, factored from a debt to income ratio. Uh, They instituted, it used to be prior to 2018, if your five-year fixed rate was 3%, you were qualified based on that 3% mortgage payment. Um, Come 2018, the finance minister instituted a new change called a stress test, meaning that they were going to qualify you at either the five-year fixed rate plus 2% or the Bank of Canada qualifying rate, which is an average of all the uh, top six banks 
five-year fixed posted rate. Now, the posted rate is the one that you would see on their website that is in the fives or the high fours, things like that, uh, and what they calculate their penalties on. These are not their, this is not their real their real rates. This is their arbitrary rates so that they can calculate higher penalties when somebody's breaking their mortgage. Uh, and that's what is being used for this average rate. So in 2018, they instituted a stress test. So instead of being factored for that mortgage at what your true rate is, they were either doing 2% higher or this Bank of Canada average rate uh, or posted rate is what it's called. So in comparison right now, you can get a, if you're buying an insured mortgage or insured property, meaning putting less than 20% down, you can get a variable rate at 1.45%. Right now, you're having to qualify for that mortgage at 4.79%. So the payments of what the bank is calculating that you have to qualify for your income is based on a 4.79% rate, even though you're actually only paying, you know, one and a half. The same on a five-year fix, you know, right now they're around 2.09 to, you know, for conventional upwards of uh, 2.44, depending on bank, um, you're still having to qualify at 4.79%. Their logic is that if rates increase dramatically, they want to ensure that people can afford that payment, mm-hmm. which is absolutely ludicrous as a as a rationale because rates won't don't increase in that period of time, and also over that period of time between when your five year mortgage term is up, you've paid down substantially that mortgage and significant portion of that principal. Where on renewal even if rates had gone up, you're you could re-amortize and lengthen that out to shorten your payments. Um, so yesterday, because of everything we've talked about this past year and the past few years in Ottawa uh, and across the country of it being um, the markets being uh, so hot and primarily in Vancouver and, and Toronto is where they're you know, stymieing it. Uh, and now, you know, Ottawa a little bit, but uh, they are, as of yesterday, they're trying to figure out ways of cooling the market as opposed to just changing, you know, supply uh, regulations to increase building and supply in that sense, which, you know, is the main primary issue. They are instituting a higher stress test. So instead right now, the rates being at 479, uh, which prior to COVID was actually at 504, dropped to 494, and then now 479. But they are instituting for any uninsured, so somebody putting 20% down or more, so you've saved considerably uh, to put a large down payment on a home. You know, you're putting $100,000 on a $500,000 home. You're going to have to qualify at 5.25%. As a, It's either two per, your fixed five-year fixed rate plus 2% or five and a quarter percent. Again, the rationale they're trying to say is that so you can afford that payment. Um, they're just trying to you know slow the market down. It means a change or a decrease in what people could qualify for as of June first by four percent. Uh, but you know that's that's penalizing people. In my my view, is that it's penalizing people that have done a good job of saving. They're putting a huge portion of down payment down. Um, huge equity. There's no, you know, limited risk to the bank. You would need the market to absolutely collapse in order for there to be any sort of risk there. And these people are qualifying not only at that five and a quarter, but on their debts that they have, uh, something they don't address is that credit card payments are still at 20%. And for, you know, the Bay and these other ones are at 30%, 29, 
0.99. Those haven't been addressed, even though borrowing power has gone down. And for qualifying mm-hmm. for a mortgage, people don't realize that the banks already qualify you and count your debt as if it's, if you have a credit card payment, a line of credit payment, they're using 3% of that outstanding balance as if that's your monthly payment. Um, so not only are they qualifying you at upwards of even a 3x, 3.5x your payment, uh, they're also increasing your, from a qualifying, increasing your unsecured debt payments dramatically by, you know, 3% of the outstanding balance, which is, which is a huge, it's, it's a huge amount. Um, you know, 3% on a $30,000 line of credit balance is $1,500 a month payment mm-hmm. is what they're using to qualify. Uh, Whereas typically it's interest only, right? If you have a secured line of credit or even on a regular line of credit, I mean, it's usually maybe 1% of the balance or something along those lines. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely, uh, Interesting, as you said, Dave, because it's not—they're not accurate, and and it's funny to see, as you mentioned about the the visas and so on. I mean, boring has never been cheaper, and people have never—you know—a lot of people are in a difficult situation with COVID and so on. But you know, credit cards are still at twenty percent. Like uh, retail cards are still at thirty percent. Like how how does that happen? How are those how have those not been lowered? If there was, uh, but mortgage rates are at one and a half percent. Yeah, if there was a true concern by the government of people's affordability or household debt, they would be addressing the unsecured rates Mm -hmm. that credit card companies and these institutions are charging, which are legally allowed to charge up to 60% annually. You know, the, uh, there's a, there's a number of lenders out there, you know, the financed or, or, uh, you know, cash monies and all that, that Mm -hmm. do these lines of credit that charge upwards of 60% a year. Those are the ones that should be addressed. People that are putting that have saved hundreds of thousands of dollars, putting it down on their, on their down payment as a down payment on their mortgage, the default rates on insured mortgages, which are less than 20% are at 0.02%. Yeah. There's been so many changes. They're they're talking about potentially implementing capital gains tax. We were talking about that recently, kind of ironically, they, uh, you know, they're, they're proposing changes to uh, homeowners potentially paying capital gains on their own primary home, which again, we've, we've discussed off, off air that we just don't foresee that ever happening. But um, as Greg alluded to there, you know, we didn't think HST would happen either. So we'll see what, uh, or that might've been someone else either way. Uh, a lot of changes, a lot of changes. Yeah. Um, Greg, what have you seen this week? I know there was some, some rumors about some changes as well on the realist, on the realtor side of things. What have I seen? Um, <laughs> I had a, I had a crazy week. I mean, personally, lots of, uh, I sold one yesterday, 102 over list, but only two offers on it. Um, wow. Got a pretty active rental going on. We had, uh, I've got another one that had a big condition on it that might close today. And uh, interestingly enough, you know, I've been out looking at homes. I've seen tons of row homes and the showings in the back end from what I see are less and less, and there's more coming out every day. So I don't know where exactly that's going or how quick that's going to plateau, but I'm seeing things kind of, again, I, I think I mentioned this last week and probably the week before. I think things are leveling out a bit. I've got an offer in on one today that I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping we're going to get, but I listed one on uh, Wednesday morning and we only have two showings. Hmm. And, hmm. Uh, and a month ago, that thing would have been, we'd already have 15 to 20 showings booked. So for anybody watching, and if they're, they're curious about what's going on, and this is in the row home realm. So this is like the, you know, 450 to 
650 realm, I guess, uh, now. So if you're, if you're looking, I would say keep at it because, uh, things, things are changing. Now, do you, Greg, do you think though, that, 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 uh, the new state home order isn't, you know, has a reflection on that showing number because there's a lot of people you know, right now are kind of saying, well, I should be, I should be at home. I'm being told to stay at home. Um, or it's possible. Yeah. We talked about that, but at the same time I was seeing the showing, um, slow overall, mm-hmm. even up to two weeks ago, like it was starting. So, you know, it's a good point. Maybe, uh, all the calls I get, uh, the messages I got, they're like, does this change anything? Does this change anything? And I'm like, absolutely not. They're like, great. You know? So anybody who's shopping is shopping and they're going to keep mm-hmm. going in terms of new buyers. Maybe if they're inclined to, to stay at home, you know, you also got to remember, I think a lot of these buyers are, are not, um, you know, if they're out, they're not, they're not high risk to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't know. We'll, we'll find out in the next month and a bit what happens. I was talking to somebody else. I got a couple of small business owners. There's like, yeah, this is going until the end of May, at least they say the lockdown is not, is not, uh, not stopping. And they're debating on closing up shop because they can't handle it anymore. So if that continues, if we have a full lockdown for 60 days, that I think that may affect stuff, but at the Mm -hmm. same time, the listings just keep coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and I know we have, uh, we have our, our good friend, Kevin Morris coming on, uh, shortly to, to go over the numbers, but I, I think, uh, you know, as Paul mentioned last week, we Easter kind of Easter weekend kind of is a, a lot of times a launching point for, for new listings coming on the market and things like that. One, one, one kind of short little story before we bring Kevin on, but, uh, my sister out in Limoges is actually, she, she list, she was listed or listed her townhome, uh, Easter Sunday, her husband's out playing with their daughter on the front lawn, three cars pulled up Easter Sunday morning, taking photos. One guy gets out, asks her what she lists at. She said, or uh, her husband said three nine nine. He's like, all right, my budget's 140 over asking. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm here for relocation for military. I got to go home by Thursday. Like, when are you listing? They're like Thursday. Like, can I get in earlier? I'm good for five forty. Wow. <laughs> so wow. really like on the, like on the lawn. Yeah. On the lawn. My, my, and, and my brother-in-law just called me. He's like, what should I do? I'm like, you need to stop talking. Cause you talk too much. You're too honest. <laughs> I'm like, you're not a good negotiator. Just stop talking, pass it off. But That's yeah, wild. they had him Did in the Wednesday. Work? They had him in the Wednesday. Wow. I don't know where it's inspired, but they had him in the Wednesday morning and just said, you know, we're having the cleaners come by. It was pretty clean and staged and whatnot, but yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh, I thought that was pretty comical out in Limoges too. You know, I said to him, you're not That's in the high crazy. traffic area. Um, yeah. They really want that house. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got a, I got a quick side note just uh, because you said the word negotiation, because this happened to me this week. Now, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good negotiator, um, but I haven't, I've been out of practice because there's been no negotiation in real estate mm-hmm. in the last year and a half. You know, there's been no serious reason to negotiate, mm-hmm. you know, you're just, you do that, you know, you, you have a conversation with the agent, you know, you figure a few things out, but there's no like aggressive negotiation. And I had to negotiate yesterday. And after I got off the call, I was like, I could have handled that way better, mm. you know? And, and it really surprised me because, 
you know, what, what I, it, it was okay overall, but there was a couple elements. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm like, I didn't fuck that up, but I could have done that better. So I'm bringing this up because for all the new agents in the business in the last year and a half that have never had to negotiate in a business that is traditionally based on negotiation, mm. I think there's going to be a lot of people having a very hard time mm. and, and getting lost in the negotiation and getting very emotional about it. So, uh, I've never been big on role-playing in, in real estate. Um, but I think if there's a time to start doing it in terms of, uh, new agents and, and, uh, training, I think role-playing should be at an all-time high right now to get prepared for what's coming so that you know how to deal with every single, um, every single situation. I feel like there's going to be a lot of agents that aren't even going to know how to put conditions on their Dude. <laughs> purchase agreements or what conditions well, they're not gonna know. are even going to be calling. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to be calling for advice, which is fine. Cause that's what, you know, uh, someone like me is here for, but I mean, you, you're going to have to, I think the role-playing thing is, um, you know, I think as a brokerage, we, you know, we do a bit of it, but, uh, I think we're going to have to kick that into high gear because what, that how time's many, coming. When, when the go- negotiations happen, what's kind of the average amount of times you're going back and forth? Like, I know you hear realtors like, Oh, I spent eight hours on negotiations. Like what, what in that time frame is, is consuming the most amount of your time? It depends. Cause, uh, you know, right now, you know, I had, a, I had a, an inspection on a house and, um, you know, there's a lot of little items to do. Um, so you're just trying to, you know, figure out what's what, and you know, the buyer wants if the buyer wants something and the seller wants something. Right. And then you get to the last minute and it becomes aggressive and it all comes down to price. Um, but uh, on this particular case, it's work to be done. Who's paying for it. Who's paying for the work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it, I mean, in terms of eight hours of negotiations, I think that's insane. You know, you can usually get it all done within a 30 minute phone call. Um, you know, if you're, if you're doing it right, you know, maybe a little bit of back and forth, but yeah. So, so we have, we have Mr. Morris here with us today. I think we bring Let's him in. Uh, yeah. we just got a question from one of our, uh, one of our viewers as well. And I feel like it's a perfect segue to bring in uh return of the Mac, Kevin Morris, Kevin Morris is with us. Hello. Thanks Mike for having Kevin me Morrison. Hey, yeah. Welcome. Yeah. The new hot mic too. It's fire. Yes. Yes, so, uh, Alexis, Alex says, uh, do you feel like the Ottawa real estate craziness is a bit exaggerated by the media? A lot of townhomes with condo fees in my area, Gloucester are staying on market for over two to three weeks. Feels like everyone wants that nice detached home in the suburb, but it's not crazy in all sectors, in my opinion. Thoughts? The, I, th- I think the I think in every facet of life, the the media looks for. I think we talked about a clickbait and headlines and exaggeration in some aspects. In other aspects, you know, it's not in you know the the housing market for the last year has been utterly insane. And the and you know if you've listened week to week of our conversations, the the amounts that people are going over asking or um, you know kind of the price points of what some places are going for. Uh, that's not an exaggeration. So there, there's some aspects of those news articles that aren't, um, you know, full of nonsense, but, but by and large, you know, and Kevin will probably attest to this for, from the numbers from this year over last year, um, you know, what places are going for, but, uh, Greg, I mean, I think you're probably in the same boat. Like, I think it's a lot of exaggeration, but also at the same time, a lot of truth. There's a, there's a ton of exaggeration. Um, you know, and again, you know, we have the comment of like, you know, people thinking it's so easy right now for, for us doing our job. And it's like, you know, it's, it's more stressful than ever because we're having these situations where, 
you know, like he's saying, he's seeing the condo row home sit for weeks. Like, I mean, I just listed a row that, you know, maybe two weeks ago would have had 20 showings. Now it's got one, hmm. you know, now it's got two. So, you know, they take, uh, I feel like the, I feel like they put it, I feel like they're behind everything. Like all the, all the publicity that they're pushing is behind where it actually is. Cause it changes so quickly and they can't uh-huh. keep up. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I don't think that they're speaking with all of the right people and they're basing it on half truths um, and numbers that just don't make sense. Like, you, it, and it's overall, it's broad, it's, it's Canada. Like, you know, they'll, or they'll talk about, they'll talk about, you know, Toronto, Ottawa a bit, but it's not, uh, I don't know. I think the focus is all, is all wrong. It needs to be more detailed. And that's why, I mean, we've always said it before, you know, when you read that stuff, you got to really make sure that the people contact somebody and talk to their local expert because nobody knows better. And when you see all this hype, it's just, it's just madness. No one knows, but it happened to me. I just, I met a buyer the other day. She called me two months ago. She read a Google review. She's like, I want to work with you. Great. Let's meet. Saw the news. She's like, I've been seeing the news. I've been talking to my parents. I just, I can't do it right now. And I'm like, listen, I'm like the news and your parents are not the experts in the business. I go, but I understand. I go, whenever you're ready, just contact me and we'll sit down. And uh, anyway, so a few weeks later, uh, which was this week, she called me, we sat down and I totally, you know, I, I put it all into perspective for her, introduced her to Paul. And then uh, here we go. You know, she's ready to go. So that's, so she did it the right way. She, she took a pause and then she kind of said, you know what, maybe I should just talk to a, talk to a professional and figure it out. And then I totally put her at ease. So I, I agree with yeah. you, Greg. I think all things are like, everything is over. It's all exaggerated for that, for that click baitiness. Uh, but also it's usually delayed at least by a day or two. Like even, even the stuff that comes out about stress test, um, they're doing it cause they want like people read the headlines like, Oh, stress test is going to completely change the market. It's like, well, it's not, it's actually not going to change the market that much from our, from again, this is our opinion. Um, but the headlines make it seem like this is going to be like a massive, you know, full 180. You know, we're we're increasing, we're we're increasing the stress test. So full 180. Like, again, these changes yeah. were made in 2018, implementing a stress test, and the stress test back then was 514, I believe it was was what it was, hmm. and that didn't slow down the market. I mean, it's at the end of the day, it just means another a third co-signers as you know, a second co-signer is going to be on that mortgage. <laughs> or, and how many know. people have 20% down? Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> right. It does nothing. And, and that's the thing that again, it's like, Oh my God, how can I, I'm, I'm never going to qualify at five and a quarter. It's like, dude, do you even have 20% down? No. But then they think about it. And then some people will literally just stop. Yeah. They won't, they won't look for any information. They'll be like, I saw this on CTV news must be true. Mm-hmm. I'm screwed. It's like, come on, man. And and really it boils down to they're already qualifying at four, seven, nine prior to this. And right now it hasn't been implemented yet. It's likely to be implemented shortly. Uh, but July, already qualifying at four, seven, nine, it's a, it is a 46 basis point increase, which equates to a 4% decrease in what you could afford. It's not, it's not massive, you know, yes, it adds up, but it's not absolutely astronomical. And it is a number that at least within Ottawa, people aren't, for the most part, people aren't actually buying at the max that they can afford in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't see at least in our market that that's, that it's going to make any, make any difference, but we'll see, but, but maybe, uh, maybe 
as we talk about numbers, maybe Kevin, we, you know, we have you, we have you here sitting silently. So maybe, uh, maybe <laughs> yeah. you can welcome get Kevin, some of the, uh, the numbers since last time we had you. Oh, and, and just to jump in before Kevin starts, Kevin's got a, got a good listing coming up soon. <laughs> yeah. Potentially, potentially I'm hoping, ah, you're I'm hoping get to get that one in the bag. It's happening. It's happening. All right. <laughs> what do you got for us, Kev? What's the, uh, what's the latest? Ooh. Um, so I made this new, this new chart, this new map of Ottawa. Um, and this one's looking at the cumulative days on market. So let's just keep in mind, some people may only be listening. So we'll try to describe the video, like the, the images as best we can, but, uh, go ahead, Kevin. Sorry. So we have a map of Ottawa and it's split into different regions, um, just different neighborhoods. And essentially I took all the data across, um, matrix the back end of the realtor.ca for ottawa over the past 30 days and i mapped all the neighborhoods and i took the cumulative days on market so a lot of homes they're just on the market for maybe a week a week and a half but then some homes they'll be on the market for like a week and then they'll go off the market and then come back on and then all the days that it's been on market, that is, that's the cumulative days. And essentially what we're seeing on this map is that a lot of these suburbs that we have, like you're looking at Orleans, Barhaven, Canada, Stittsville, and even sort of like some regions of, like on the inside of the green belt, a lot of those cumulative days on market is under seven. So homes are selling in a week, the majority of homes. And then it's sort of hard to tell because you can't zoom in like I can, but there's regions like Greeley and out um, sort of like Rockcliffe Park, Cumberland area, where we're seeing, you know, larger numbers, but a lot of those homes are sort of at the top end of the spectrum for mm -hmm. price. And so it's sort of, we, we understand why. Yeah. yeah, we understand even, why they're. Uh, but even for those high end mark, high end homes, or those you know in the in Greeley, Manitic, Rockcliffe, things like that. What 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 are you seeing? Kind of just at a quick glance of cumulative. Like, is it? Are we talking months? Or are we talking a couple weeks? So what what I'm actually seeing is that it's probably like one or two homes that are actually um, they're sort of bringing the average up more mm -hmm. than the others. So they're, they're really weighed pretty heavily in this average. And we got to, we got to do the old, take the top and the bottom off and average. The yeah, rest. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then three math right downtown as well. We're still seeing condos and other types of homes in that region, um, around 30 days, just over 30 days. So things I think are, I think they've been going down a little, but it's still up there, especially when homes in the suburbs are selling in under a week. Let's uh, I know you had some other charts with the, it's kind of like comparatively like we had last time yet. This is perfect. Uh, so this is Barhaven prices by style and bedrooms. So it shows the style of the, the, the unit again, for people listening, style of the unit, the total bedrooms, the average list price, average sold price, average over or under. Uh, I'm assuming that's over or under the, the list price average days. Oh no, average, sorry. Average percentage over list price, uh, average conditional days on market. And then the district, I guess that's the uh, district days on market. 
So that's a distinct count. So that's how many, how many homes are, Units, are in right. that average. And so what we're seeing here is there has been a lot of, there has been a lot of sold homes in, in Barhaven specifically. Um, and some that, that I'm looking at right now in the detached homes, uh, three bedrooms, four bedrooms, like over 30. And there's over 50 detached homes with, with four bedrooms, uh, that's pretty that crazy. sold. And so that, that really gives us a good average to work with. And, um, even in the row homes in Barhaven, uh, three bedrooms are on average selling for around 600 and that's there's everything. Nothing. So homes that are 30 years old, built in the nineties, all the way up to homes, you know, built in the last 10, 10, 20 years. Um, but on average, the thing that stands out there to me is the average over under of sale price is almost uniform across the board. Like it ranges from 111 to 121, right? Like they're all kind of in that same threshold of, uh, of over asking price. So would it be safe to assume that if those list prices went up, say 10%, that those numbers would balance out? Or is that, would we get stuck in a market again? Like we said before, Greg, where if you do price it properly, you get much less interest. Well, I think that's what's starting to happen unless it's a spectacular property. And I, th- I do, and you know, and back to what I was saying earlier, I think that partially has somewhat to do with the, uh, with showing slowing down because I, I, I think that buyers are confused and if they see something now at five ninety nine, they think like, Oh, they must want 700 for it now. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas a month, like six weeks ago, it would have been listed at four ninety nine and would have sold at six, but now they're listing at five ninety nine. So I think there's some buyers, and maybe there's a little bit of a lack of education there that where they're thinking like, well, it's going to go for seven hundred, or it's like, forget it, uh, it's too beautiful, I don't want to compete. Um, yeah, they're almost adding a hundred thousand in their head before they. I don't want to get in. involved. The like, psychological side has really gotten a hold of them, big time, big time. Like yeah. the one, the one that I sold on Moselle the other day, we got two offers. And we still did very well, but I had calls from agents half an hour in, you know, I, I don't mess around when it comes to multiple offers. I'm like revisions, uh, you know, we'll wait to submit, you know, I kind of say, we're going to give you 15 minutes for your revision and wait just in case there's any, other, anyone else who wants to come in. Then we're there. We're looking at offers. So we're sitting there signing it. And as we're signing, I get calls from agents. They're like, how many offers did you get? I'm like, well, you saw the notification. I, only, I have two, but like, you only got two offers. And they're like, my clients didn't submit because we thought that you'd get so many mm-hmm. offers and then it was going to go so high. And I'm like, well, snooze, you lose. Yeah. You know, we, the old we, adage, we, snooze, you lose, you lose, snooze, you lose. <laughs> we, we, so we got it done, but I think there's more of that. There's my neighbors, my neighbor's house, beautiful, beautiful home. And they got, uh, I showed it and, and, and my guys are like, there's no way this is going to sell for seven. They got one offer. They got one offer. They still mm-hmm. did well on the one offer, but they only got the one and it was a spectacular home listed at 600. So if I'm seeing this myself, this has to be happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, now, that's, I, you know, I, I guess ahead. my next question would be then like for, let's just say for your neighbors, right? If you list it, let's just say five, nine, nine and someone comes in and they're like, Oh, well, you know, the listing at five, nine, nine, but we should probably go in at six forty. So now the buyers, let's say there's only one offer and they're going in 40,000 over asking. If they actually went in at asking, do you think the sellers would then be like, 
well, we're going to wait and put it back on the market? Like, are people actually happy yeah. getting what they're listed at? That's, or are they expecting to be getting that much over asking now? So that's happening a lot as well. Uh, we're seeing people come in and uh, submit on offer day or they'll submit a preemptive and then they'll counter back 50,000 over that. And then the buyer might just say, well, forget it. You know what I mean? You were listed at that. And that becomes troublesome because that is, in my respect, you're not communicating properly with your seller at that point. If, uh, you know, because that means that you're having a conversation at where you're listing, um, that they're expecting automatically to get that much money over asking. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I list a house, I say, look, I go, this is what's happening right now. I go, historically, if, if we look at the numbers, if we listed this price now, we should get this, but you have to consider that if we get this, that might be all you get. You know, if you wanted to counter, you could, you could counter, um, you know, a little bit higher and see where we go. But I think we're having communication breakdown with some, uh, agents and sellers now where like, I mean, there's one the other day in Orleans, it was listed at four ninety nine six hours before offers. They increased the price 50,000. That's crazy. Like come, like, come on, man. I, I, I haven't even looked to see if it's sold yet, but I was like, that's, you know, you know, they were probably nervous. They were probably nervous. They were probably, they had no offers. And they're like, we're going to increase it to five fifty Cause that's what we want. Right. You know, so, so I mean, that's, yeah. that's setting poor expectations and poor communication with, with those clients. Um, you know, if, if the news is, has, has gotten in their head about what to expect from, you know, I'm going to get a hundred thousand over asking or this or that kind of having that discussion of, well, these are sometimes artificially priced lower than they should be, um, in order to drive that traffic of kind of just opening those lines of communication with those clients that people I think just aren't having, or those experienced, inexperienced agents aren't having. Exactly. And then, and the conversation that I'm having now, again, I went through this before in the business. I'm having it again now with every single buyer I'm working with. I say, listen, I go, no matter what happens with us right now, whatever you buy, whatever you pay for it, if you want to sell it in two years, be prepared that you might be selling it at the same price that you're buying it for right now. Mm -hmm. I say, it might not happen. I say, but be ready, be ready for that because it's very possible. And historically it happens. And then they're like, wow, really? And I'm like, look, I go, you're getting the house that you want. You're going to be living there. You're going to build your equity. It'll come up again. I go, but just don't be buying a house to expect that you're going to make a hundred thousand dollars in two years. You don't buy it as because a stock, that's, right? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like that ship is, is, is sailed. It's yeah. almost over. So that's, Kevin Schultz, that's what I'm talking. Go. No, I was just going to say, let's, I know the there's two more communities that, um, that he had, yeah, I yeah. know you had Barhaven and I think Canada and, uh, Orleans. Yep. Um, but just for the sake of time as well, I just want to make sure we at least glance. I'm assuming the numbers are going to be very similar across the board, uh, for the different areas. Yeah, definitely. Very similar. Um, didn't realize there's so many six homes. bedroom homes in Ottawa. <laughs> you know, once you start getting up there for the million dollar homes, like there, there aren't that many that are selling. I mean, they still are, but especially once you narrow it down to Canada, there aren't that many. Mm -hmm. Um, now, now, how many would, and I know you don't have these, these right now, but would you say the, the homes that are selling for a million and up are mostly, uh, like center town, Manitick, Greeley, Rothwell, Rockland or, uh, Rockland rather, would those be kind of the main areas that are selling predominantly over a million? I mean, it, it, we're seeing some in Canada. Like, even if you look at like detached homes in Canada, on average, like some of the four bedroom ones, they're selling close, like mm -hmm. 
you know, if the million dollars is your benchmark, then like, I think Canada, we're going to start seeing a lot more if things continue on this way. Like we have 48 homes that sold, uh, de uh, 48 detached homes with four bedrooms and the average sold price is just under a million. So mm -hmm. like 50,000 less than a million. So it's up there and mm -hmm. it, it, you got a lot of money in Canada. I think like a mm -hmm. lot of the high tech sectors there and people want to live in Canada. Canada and Orleans. Place. Those are the two, uh, yeah. two popping neighborhoods. Steve yeah, yeah. White, uh, posted one, one of our viewers here just said, bought a home with my brother and his, and his wife. Uh, in order to afford the crazy house prices, I'm afraid what the rumors are saying of a spike in interest rates because we have a huge deficit. I'm assuming it means federally, uh, and it will be homeowners paying down the deficit. Um, yes, I would say you know interest rates, which uh, we can touch on quickly, but uh, interest rates obviously are, are specific to the bank, and and those interest rates going up will definitely help shareholders of the banks. Um, but as far as the um, the deficit. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, I don't want to talk on, I'm no, no expert. This is my completely my personal opinion. Um, but I would see that probably in the form of a, you know, an increased HST or, or some sort of tax like that to everyone, um, as opposed to just homeowners, but who knows, like that capital gains tax is a perfect example of how, you know, they might ding homeowners for, for, uh, you know, choices made by others. Um, but, uh, as far as rates go, and I wanted to, I was kind of saying this earlier. I wanted to just kind of explain to people how the how rates work, and and you know how we how we get to choose a rate because, you know, we as brokers we work with over thirty different lenders, right? And each one of those lenders, uh, believe it or not, has a, a literal matrix of rates that they send to us. So, for example, if you know TD, Scotia Bank, twenty eight other banks, they all send us rates, right? And that rate matrix is a breakdown of, you know, what type of property is this? Is this a, a owner occupied property? Is it a rental? Uh, are you putting 20% down? Are you putting 5%? What's the location of the property? Like there's all of these different factors that go into that. So if you picture, let's just say there's 30 rates from each lender that we receive and there's 30 different lenders, you know, if someone says, what's the best rate you can have or where are rates at right now? Well, we have 900 rate options, you know, based on 30 lenders times, times 30 rates, that's 900 rate options. And then every one of those questions, like, okay, are you buying? Yes. Okay. Well, that narrows the scope from 900, maybe to 300. And then, okay, well, what's your down payment? You're putting 20%. Okay. Well now from 300, we may have, you know, hundred rates available. And then, you know, you have, 30 year variable, yeah, versus all fixed. these things. Right. And then, and then the, the number of, of available rates become smaller and smaller and smaller, which is why when people say like, well, what's the best rate you can give me for this purchase? I don't have enough information to, to answer that. And it's not like I'm trying to dodge the question, but anyone that can quote a rate with just you saying I'm buying a house is disingenuous and is not giving you an accurate answer, you know? So, um, so all these, all these people, you know, I often get people being like, Oh, well, I saw this online or, you know, I've, I did some research and I saw that I can get this rate. Well, that's excellent. But I can guarantee you that whoever's quoting you that rate doesn't know all of these small nuances, as I said, that narrows that scope from 900 to one, you know? Um, and it is a really important aspect to know because we, you know, rates change every day. You know, a, a lender could just say our investors want a bit more security. We're raising our rates by 20 points. And they might be the only lender that does that. Every other lender might stay the same. And then the next day, another lender might change. So, I mean, we have 30 different lenders that are all changing their rates on a regular basis. Uh, and each one of those lenders has 30 different rates. So again, it's like, you know, we're starting with 900 different rate options at all times. Um, and we have to, you know, ask the right questions to narrow that scope and make sure we're getting people the right product, right? The right rate. So a little rant about rates, just so that people understand what, uh, 
when, when it's not, you know, when you ask the question, what's the best rate I can get, it's, it's not an easy question. Like there is a lot of kind of small things that affect that. So, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> there you go. That was so, good. So what do you think? Should we, uh, should we pop on to the mood boost? Let's pop on. Or do you want to, do you want to keep going? I feel like we've been, we've been ranting for that, uh, 40 you know minutes. What? So. <laughs> I, I, I love this episode. It's good. A lot of I good think, talk. I think this is, talk. I think this was like hyper informative episode. Yeah. Kevin, we, what uh, do you think? I think so too. I, I love right. being here and, and I learn a lot and you know, Fridays, that's, that's the education day for me. This, this you know, half power <laughs> to right. an hour type of thing is uh, love it. very good for new agents, especially myself. Cool. Steven's cool. just, uh, our producer's just adjusting. Dave, Dave did have a, an appointment that he had to go to. So he, he has, uh, his exit stage left. So we're just readjusting the images here. Um, but yeah, no, it was a great episode. And I, I really think I like, I kind of like when we bounce around topic to topic because, you know, you just never know. When, when people are tuning in to listen, you never know what, where, where they're at or, or, you know, where they're at in the process or what information they're looking to, to, to learn, you know? So they, uh, it's nice to kind of have a bunch of different topics and then people can kind of take away what, uh, yeah. what's valuable yeah. to them, you know? Um, so Kevin, we're going to need you to rate these now today with Greg. Cause, uh, Dave, Dave isn't with us. So let's hop into the mood boost. So I got three today. I'm feeling pretty good about all of them. Um, number one, how did the dentist Become a brain surgeon. The drill slipped. Wow. Oof. Wow. That's heavy. Yeah. Number two. <laughs> what did the surfer think of the wave in front of him? He thought it was swell. Oh. And last but not least, this is a good one. I've had a neck brace fitted years ago. And I've never looked back since. <laughs> uh, I like that one. One, one, one out of three. One out Juan. of three. Siempre. Yeah. Juan. Juan. Yeah, Juan. I'd, Siempre. I'd, yeah, I'd give one out of three as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so for everyone tuning in, just a reminder that we, uh, we do record live here every Friday, the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast, Friday morning, typically 10 a.m., and then we release the new episodes on Tuesday. So this episode will be available on any podcast platform and on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. So if you go to YouTube and you uh, subscribe to the channel there, you'll be notified every time we post the new videos. And uh, obviously, if you have any questions or if, uh, if anyone wants us to talk about anything specifically, just feel free to reach out, send us a message either on uh, Facebook or, or make a comment on the, on the video on YouTube. And we'll be sure to, to slide that in the mix. Any uh, closing comments, gentlemen? No, just keep your heads together, people. Talk to the experts. Know what is real and know what is fake. And buy a home uh, with a professional. Siempre. Yeah. All right. I, I just wanted to thank you guys once again for letting me on. Return hey, my pleasure. We're, I wish we're not I could play. You on. We're having you on. Kevin. Having, yeah, having yeah. you on all the time, all the time. Open door, open door. Open. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We uh, we love you guys, and we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Deuces. Later. Bye. The Ottawa Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by Referral Mortgages, Blue Panda Realty, and Stephen Hopkins Video. 
Thanks for tuning in. And please remember to like, comment, share, and most importantly, subscribe. We'd love to hear from you.